everybody. Welcome to Two Minutes and Beyond, the podcast where we review the Toy Story movies two minutes at a time. I'm Macy Ball, and this is Bianca Garcia. Hello. Hello. In this episode, we're going to be talking about minutes 75 and 76 of Toy Story. We're almost done. I know. We don't have a guest with us this time, which feels strange. (laughs) (laughs) After eight episodes in a row of guests... We went from like basically having a guest like every two months to two months straight of guests. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes sometimes. But it's just us for these last few episodes. So you'll have to put up with us a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, should we get started? I think so. All righty. These two minutes start off with Buzz finishing his line that he started in the last two minutes. Next stop, Andy, except all we hear is Andy. What he realizes, wait a minute, I just let a rocket. Rockets explode. And just as he says that, the rocket ignites and propels them at breakneck speed toward the moving van. Back in the van, the toys are taking care of Slinky and Slinky moans. Should have held on longer. Lenny interrupts, yelling, Look, look, it's Woody and Buzz coming up fast, and the other toys celebrate. Buzz and Woody start to lift off the ground, and Woody lets go of RC and drops him into the moving van. Rex yells, Take cover! And all the toys move out of the way, except for Mr. Potato Head, whose parts go everywhere when he's hit by RC. I feel so bad for this guy. He's always getting, like, he's the one character, because his parts fall off, they use that through the whole movie as a running gag of, oh, let's just make all his parts fly off. <laughs> yes. And you know what's funny is we literally, we just had a Mr. Potato Head gets his parts knocked off joke, you know, with um, toss him overboard. Yeah. <laughs> and yet this still feels like different and uh, like funny in a different way than, than the right. other one. Yeah, it's like every situation, it's not the same thing over and over again. It's different situations that cause his pieces to fly around. And it's just funny every single time because you're not expecting it. You're not expecting like, oh, this thing is leading up to his demise. I mean, sometimes you can tell when his parts are going to fly off. But, I, you know, when I first saw this as a kid, I, I did not expect that. So I, I did laugh. <laughs> It's good writing, though, that it's not like you feel like you just saw the same joke two times in a row. Right, yeah. Yeah, because you don't even think about it when you're watching it. You don't think like, oh, he just had his parts, you know, fly everywhere and now it's happening again. It's not something like, like when you see it and you're just like, oh, this joke again, you know? Yeah, and with the one before, it's almost more like the joke is that his just his mouth is is talking exactly yeah and with this one the joke is that you know he doesn't move out he of the way just in time and everything the... gets blowed off yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so when woody's face does that thing i don't know what you call it where oh we're like the wind's blowing most... his face <laughs> yeah in the audio commentary they talked about how Woody's face right there was inspired by, like, NASA videos of astronauts and what G-forces do to a person's face. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's great. And um, 
Doug Sweetland apparently was the animator who did that. And that was apparently the scene that like in dailies blew them away the most because of like how far he was able to push the Woody model to make him, to make him look like that. You know, that is pretty interesting considering it was 1995, considering that they were barely starting off with this technology and they're able to make something look that fluid. Especially since we've seen so many terrible B-movies that just look absolutely horrendous just trying to do normal animation. And for them to actually make it look good for the first computer animated movie, I mean, that was pretty astounding. Well, and from so from my understanding as a non-animator, one of the thing that one of the things that's really difficult to do in 3D animation that 2D animation does really well is taking things to extremes. Yes. You know, which um, even today, 3D animation struggles with to some extent. And so it's it's always really impressive when when they can figure out how how to do physically extreme things with a character model and right, make it yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's very hard to make things look um, as fluid as you can on paper because when you're drawing 2D, you can squish and, you know, stretch things. When you have a model, you have to kind of, like, almost, like, code it to where it can squish that much and stretch that much. You're bound by whatever the model... What, by whatever the model is capable of of doing right yeah so it makes it more difficult and sometimes when it is 3d you're kind of like okay well it looks good at this angle and then you turn it and you're like oh that doesn't look good at all <laughs> so <laughs> there's like so many different things you have to think about yeah so when when they're all like taking care of slinky Potato mm-hmm. Head looks horrified. Like he's he he's horrified at what at what has happened to to Slinky here. Like his yeah, he looks pretty distraught. <laughs> his pupils are all small. It's kind of sweet to be honest. He's he's concerned about Slinky. Yeah, I think because he's one of the older toys, he's more closer to him. Even though Mr. Potato Head's kind of like. And I don't make friends with anybody. I do what I want. But deep down inside, his little spud heart, however tiny it is, he does care about these toys. Yeah. And poor Slinky, too. I know. I'm surprised this poor little dog has gone through so much. Like, through all the movies that he's been in, like, all his little springs, I'm surprised that they're not all twisted and gross by now. And bent and stretched Even snapped out. Off. And, Have you ever yeah. seen a slinky that it gets so loose in one spot it just snaps? I don't know if I have. Oh, well, I've played with them that much. <laughs> that I've had them snap. I've seen them pretty mangled, but I've never, I don't think I've ever seen one like snap apart. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Andy doesn't play with them the way I used to play with slinkies. So. Yeah, I would always, I don't, now I remember why I was always getting slinkies, because I would break them. (laughs) Those poor slinkies. 
I know. <laughs> and it's like I could get plastic ones, metal ones. It didn't matter. Like all the different types of slinkies. If I'd win one in a arcade game or something, it would be broken. Like I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> well, are we ready to move on? I do believe so, yes. So at 36 seconds, Buzz and Woody climb higher and higher into the sky. Woody screams and yells, this is the part where we blow up. But Buzz says, not today, and pushes the big red button on his suit. His wings pop out, breaking the tape and freeing them from the rocket just in time before the rocket explodes. They start to fall, and Woody screams and covers his eyes. But instead of falling, they gain altitude and start to fly. Shocked, Woody says, hey, Buzz, you're flying. Buzz answers, this isn't flying, it's falling with style. And Woody laughs and shouts, to infinity and beyond. They fly past the moving van and Woody says, uh, Buzz, we missed the truck. And Buzz says, we're not aiming for the truck. And instead they drop with a thud through the sunroof of Andy's mom's van and land in a box next to Andy. Andy looks over to see them there and in surprise says, hey, wow. His mom asks, what, what is it? And he pulls them out saying, Woody, Buzz. Mom says, oh, great, you found them. Where were they? And Andy says, here in the car. Mom says, see, now what did I tell you? Right where you left them. And Andy hugs Buzz and Woody close, and then the two of them wink at each other. You know, I feel like Andy is kind of oblivious (laughs) to the world. Because this always concerned me. When I was a little kid, if I saw anything out of place, I freaked out. And it's still to this day, if something is in a different spot, I freak out. <laughs> so if I were to just hear something and then see my two toys there, I would have screamed. <laughs> well, that box has, I th- I think it has Andy's, some of Andy's stuff in it, like um, the buzz box and uh, his cowboy hat. So like... Mm-hmm. He presumably carried that box into the car, set it down next to him, and then suddenly he hears a thud, and all of a sudden Buzz and Woody are there, and he just doesn't question it. Exactly. I mean, I guess because he's excited that they're there, he's like, yeah, I got my toys back. But I think later on when they got to the house, he sat himself down, and he was thinking really hard about it, like, where did my toys come from? <laughs> also, it was very convenient that mom had the sunroof open. Like, could you I imagine know. if they fell and just thud <laughs> on the the glass? <laughs> if they had made um, bloopers for this, like they did for A Bug's Life and in Toy oh, Story they 2. That, that would have been, been one of the bloopers of them just falling on to the closed sunroof. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been funny. Oh, my gosh. That and, um, you know, like, why has nobody checked the uh, the truck that it's still open? Like, I'm sure there's other people driving behind the truck. And are they not seeing all the toys moving in there? Are they not calling the company to be like, hey, your truck has its door wide open? I would have called. There's a bunch of toys moving around in the back. What's going on with this truck? (laughs) 
And nobody, I, I, I guess nobody questions like the rocket speeding through the middle of the street. Exactly. I'm like, is everybody at an event? Was there a carnival going on? And everybody went they, to the carnival. They fly past a bunch of cars. I know. There should so be I'm people thinking, in those cars. It's like those sightings that people see, like, um, kind of like UFO sightings, but it's like strange toys attached to rocket. And you just see all these testimonials are like, I was driving by this moving van. All these little toys were moving in the inside. And then I just see this rocket go by. (laughs) (laughs) They're all like shadowed in and their voices distorted. So (laughs) they're anonymous. (laughs) In this world, there's like a legit group of of conspiracy theorists who believe that toys are alive (laughs) i'm pretty sure sid probably joined that after a while (laughs) sid probably started it he was he probably probably started it yes oh my goodness could you imagine like all the forums and the community of like people that believe that toys come to life it's like a flat earther community but with toys (laughs) sid is like i had this horrible like uh, traumatizing experience as a child. He's he's just sharing a story on Reddit. Yeah, <laughs> and everyone's <laughs> like, "OMG, me too." <laughs> it's in in this world. It's like, ha, um, it 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 would be an Ask Reddit post. Like, has anyone has anyone had an actual encounters with uh with toys being alive? And and Sid's answer is like the top answer with like five different awards, and he's like, "This toy came to life and told me to take care of my toys, and threatened that if I didn't, that they would find out." <laughs> I can imagine him making so many posts and so many forums to try to advocate for himself. <laughs> And then what if, like, someone's, like, trolling him and he's like, I'm actually a toy, so it freaks him out? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, this poor kid. That's why he became a garbage man. He's like, I can't go work anywhere else. I can't work in a store because they sell toys there. I can't, you know, like, be an artist because they might make me design toys. <laughs> So he's like super paranoid. It's like I can't work with kids because they have toys. toys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh, this poor guy. I feel bad for him. (laughs) I hope he got therapy. I hope so too, and I hope he like came to terms with it, both for the toy issue and for um, his apparently crappy home life. Exactly. Oh my gosh, I hope he went into like. A foster home and they adopted him and it was so much better. <laughs> well, going back to the actual part of the movie that we're talking about. <laughs> we just went off on a tangent. <laughs> I feel like when I watch this clip, I feel like we need a toy. I know there's a lot of Toy Story rides all across the Disney park parks, but I feel like we need like a legit like Toy Story roller coaster where you're like riding on the rocket. Oh, that would be cool. That would be a lot of fun. 
and going going like up and down and then somehow before the rocket explodes you come disconnected from the rocket <laughs> you know you could probably make a ride like you know how the um the Mickey and Minnie's railroad runaway one or whatever it's called how it mm-hmm. was connected to goofy and then it just disconnected and it went everywhere it could be like that yeah it could be one of those rides or it could be like like simulates going up yeah really like how they had all the screens and everything yeah it could be like that but i would like a roller coaster because i like going fast so (laughs) disney you can have that idea for free yes Please make it because I want to go back and I want to ride that ride. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I love how just kind of nonchalant Buzz is about the whole thing. I know. She's like, yeah, I'm flying. It's cool. It's whatever. It's what I do all the time. I tried telling you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the whole time Woody is freaking out and, and Buzz is just like, yep. I know. He, I mean... Woody is just being Woody. He's freaking out, screaming, about to throw up, probably. And, you know, Buzz is just like, yeah, no, it's cool. Do this all the time. I got this. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) we're going to land in a potentially open window or a sunroof. Didn't even plan it, but he's he's cool about it. Well, I'm sure even though, like, he can't technically fly, he still, like, remembers his fake Space Ranger training, like, learning how to use his jetpack and learning how to fly and yeah. and all that stuff. So he's probably, like, drawing upon that training that he remembers that didn't actually happen. Right. And he's like, I can finally put all this stuff I learned in Star Command to good use. <laughs> Also, we have talked about it in past episodes, I think several times now, but his wings are somehow able to break the tape apart. I know. That I never understood. Like, why, if you could have done that the whole time, why didn't you do that sooner? Exactly. You could have gotten out of this whole predicament. You could have... He could have run away from Sid's house so much earlier, but then... I guess it would feel kind of bad because the toys, the mutant toys, would have been like, oh, we're still here and he's still torturing us. Yeah. Plus, you know, it has to happen at the big, like, climactic moment. Yeah. I know. I mean, I think the choices that they made were pretty good. I do like that um, the mutant toys got their little time to shine and... Because of this whole situation, Buzz and Woody got to become friends and they got to realize, okay, well, we can both work together to make things work. hmm So, I mean, I know why they did certain things, but at the same time, I'm like, if he could have done that, then this movie would have been a whole lot shorter. <laughs> <laughs> this is just, it's such a wonderful payoff for the earlier scene. Um, when, you know, he first tries to fly mm-hmm. and like thinks he's flying, but he's not. Right. Yeah. And of course, what he calls it flying or falling with style. 
What is so mean? He's such a jerk. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I like how he threw it back though. He's just like, no, this isn't flying. This is falling with style. Yes. Speaking of which, according to the audio commentary, originally he was going to say, there was a different line that he was going to say instead of that. And they had like gone so far as to like, they completely animated it and everything. And then in dailies one day, Andrew Stanton had the idea for him to use that same quote that, that Woody had said before, hmm. which I think is neat. Cause it shows that he was actually listening to and paying attention to what, what he was saying, at least to some degree. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was not so much just like, yeah, whatever, whatever this dumb little cowboy saying, like he was being mean. He was saying hurtful things. So of course it's going to stick. So he was able to turn it around for good. Yeah. Do we have any idea of what they were going to use before? Like what line they were going to use before? They didn't say. I would like to know that as well. So that would be, Hmm. that would be interesting to know. Yeah. Also in the commentary, they, they talked about how him saying not today was a payoff reference to one of the original opening scenes of the movie. The one where it was going to start off with the Buzz Lightyear cartoon. Okay. Because in, in that, I don't know if you remember, because we, we did talk about it. Um, it, it had him popping his wings out and saying, not today. I think I remember so that, yeah. Kind of a similar thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it That's still works, even though it's not yeah. paying, paying anything off anymore. Right. <laughs> and they bring it back in um, Toy Story 2 in the opening, like the, the video game scene oh yeah zerg said says something and buzz is like not today yeah or not today zerg yeah yeah i like that they reuse certain things like that that's pretty fun yeah also did you notice how andy's not buckled in yes and i hate that (laughs) makes me (laughs) mad i'm like this child needs to be buckled in molly is still sitting in the front seat Andy isn't buckled in. If this, anything happens in this car, they're gone. He's going to ricochet off kids. of his sister and his mother, and he's going to go flying out the window because they have the sunroof open. He's just going to, you know. Mom needs to take better care of her kids in the car. I know. And I say this as if I was not a 90s child. That would do the exact same thing. I did not buckle up in the back seat. There was that my dad had one of those 1988 uh, Astro vans that had the seats <laughs> that could swivel. I used to like to sit in the very back seat because there was um, some streets where we used to live where it was like a hill. So when my dad would drive up and go over, I would kind of lift up off the seat and it felt like (laughs) anti-gravity. I was always like, I don't know why. I could have died so many times. I don't know why I'm still alive. (laughs) I love this scene. I do too. You know, as much as I just complained about it. (laughs) Well, I feel like it's, 
one of the most iconic scenes in animation, if not just like in film in general. Mm-hmm. It is a really good scene. And I know a lot of people know it. A lot of people saw Toy Story when it first came out. Um, of course, people now showing their kids, everyone knows it. Or at least everyone should know it. Shame on you if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I, f- I feel like this is one of those scenes that like, oh, if you, if you had only seen Toy Story once and it was like, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, then this is one of the scenes that pops into your head because it's mm-hmm. so memorable. And it's, and after this entire movie of Woody, like being a jerk to Buzz and not, not being friends, they finally like come together at the end and they're having like this triumphant moment and with the music and everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just so good. It makes it's so it good. Like I don't really, <laughs> yeah, it makes it a really memorable scene and, you know, just, I don't know, like, yeah, like you said, like if you don't, see Toy Story for a long time, this is one of the scenes that you do remember. hmm So, yeah, I like this scene, too. Oh, and one neat musical thing that happens in the score is when um, when Buzz presses the button on his suit to eject his wings, the music goes like, da-da-da, da-da-da-da, which is I will go sailing no more. Mm-hmm. Except he's flying now. Yay! <laughs> he's going sailing again. He is. He's like, for real this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, are we ready to move on to the next little bit? Yeah, I think we're good. Okay. At 1 minute 38 seconds, the scene transitions to a few months later at Christmas at the new house, where Andy, Mom, and Molly are opening presents. Andy asks, which one should I open first? And Mom says, let's let Molly open one. The camera then zooms in to the Christmas tree where it's revealed that the Green Army men are setting up the baby monitor on one of the branches. It cuts to Andy's new room where the toys are having their own Christmas party. Sarge's voice comes through the baby monitor saying, Frankincense, this is Murr. And Ham announces, hey, heads up, everybody, it's showtime. Rex says, oh, it's... And then that's where these two minutes end. I'm surprised we got this far into the movie. Like, I didn't think we were going to get to the Christmas scene. Yeah, I kind of thought that that was the next next clip, too. Mm -hmm. But we get a little bit of it here. Teeny tiny bit. Yes. This is the first time we see Andy's new house which is where he lives for the rest of the movies. Mm-hmm. And I like that he has stars now on his wallpaper instead of clouds. Does he have those yet in this version of it? I don't know if he has. Well, maybe. I thought I saw them. No, they're just like, it's just like a sort of light but- green colored walls really? i don't think the stars come until maybe the, yeah until i was toy just story thinking 2. of toy story 2 like a scene in toy story 2 but either way i like that he has a different wallpaper now i mean yeah, i love the I, clouds the clouds are my favorite but i yes. like that they didn't just keep that i don't know i think they did make some changes to andy's room between um 
this, the little bit of it we see here at the end of this movie and in Toy Story 2. Mm Because this version kind of feels like they just slapped it together. Andy's (laughs) old version or Andy's old room and just like changed some textures and moved some things around. Moved it around. Probably what they did. Probably. Because it feels it feels totally different in in Toy Story 2. Mm-hmm. No, it does for real. It feels I think, bigger somehow than in this in this scene. Yeah, I was gonna say I think they like actually took time to model his room, so that's why it feels bigger, and that's why it looks yeah. a, a slight bit different. And they changed they changed it from this green color to the like you said the star mm-hmm. blue with the yellow stars. He's got fun wallpapers. He does. I I, I do, do like do this that. color green that he has mm-hmm. in this one scene. I do like green. Green is a nice color. I don't know if I'd paint my walls that color though. <laughs> like in real it life, works. I don't think I would do it. <laughs> it works for, you know, like a 7-year-old boy's bedroom. Yeah, and I shouldn't say that I probably would never because I did have like radioactive avocado green for (laughs) my room when I was a teen. So I guess rephrasing it, I would never do it again. (laughs) (laughs) So something interesting about Andy's house here is that so we see like an exterior shot of the house and it's Mm -hmm. snowing. in this movie, in, in Toy Story 2 and 3, the house has one driveway on the right side. And then in Toy Story 4, in the flashback at the very beginning, it's on there's the other also side. an extra... Well, there's an... <laughs> is it on the other side or is there an it's extra driveway? It's on the other side. No, it's on the I, other side. I don't okay, think I don't I know thinking, because it's also dark on that side, so I didn't pay attention to the the dark side. Because there's had. still like a little garage on the right side, but they're like the driveway. Maybe they did just put an, an extra driveway, but I always thought they just like flipped it, and I was like, "That's not their house." Yeah, they added an ex. They either changed sides or added an extra driveway and That's like crazy. A, a drain pipe. And the beginning for the flashback in the beginning of Toy Story 4. Yeah. And I'm like, why was it just difficult to animate it on that side? Or did somebody forget and drop the ball and they were almost done? They're like, you know what? We're just going to leave it like this. Nobody's going to notice. I figured there had to be like some kind of cinematic reason where it just made more sense for that driveway to be on that side either. Maybe they needed that, the, that guy's car who comes to get Bo Peep, they needed him to drive off from a certain direction. I don't know. Or something like that. I don't know. That's it's weird. It bugs me. It <laughs> bugs then, me too. So the implication is that in between, because that scene takes place in between Toy Story 2 and 3. So the implication is that between Toy Story 2 and 3, Mom put in... Either put that extra driveway in or or change sides. And then before Toy Story 3, she changed it back. Andy's mom is balling (laughs) if she's doing stuff like that. I'm like, did you win the lottery or what? (laughs) Well, 
how does she, how can she afford this, you know, kind of nice house as just a single mother? That's true. I'm telling you, she's selling she's drugs. She's a drug dealer. <laughs> she's a drug dealer. <laughs> and nobody suspects her because she's such a sweet little lady. <laughs> she probably coupons, too. She's probably, like, one of those mad coupon ladies, like, that coupons for every single thing. Yeah. I mean, she probably has a ton of yard sales. I mean, look at it in Toy Story 2 when she went, once Andy left, she just went and grabbed all his stuff. I'm like, kind of rude, mom, but okay. Yeah, we can talk about that when we get to get to Toy Story 2, because that's always bothered me. Yes. But anyway, <laughs> speaking of like the exterior shot of the house, that was um, that was actually a painting. Oh. Yeah. That's a fun little the tidbit. House, like out side in the snow yeah mm. and it looks really pretty yeah i do like that scene i'm like it looks cozy it looks like a nice real it, it looks like a nice little house Hmm. i get really excited when it snows down here because it never snows down here so when it does oh yeah we take Texas. all the pictures <laughs> <laughs> like today what for being may the first we were uh, I want to say about 87 degrees, but the humidity made it feel like 98 outside. And, and it's I about the 1st of May. <laughs> it's the 1st of May. This is not even August temperatures. In August, we get up to 98 and it feels like 115. So, <laughs> Well, we get more snow than you guys do. But I tend to spend um, most Christmases at my grandparents' Not too far from where you live, so mm-hmm. so you don't have to deal with too much snow because I don't think. Well, it yeah, snows. but even on like even on the occasions when we do have like white Christmases here in Oklahoma, I never get to experience them because I'm in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I am so sorry that you never get to have a white Christmas. <laughs> it's okay. I'll yeah. I'll live. <laughs> Yeah, it's not too great, especially when everything freezes over and there's, like, nothing but black ice. We, If it turns, like, 20 degrees, the city shuts down and everyone's like, we're not going out. <laughs> Can we talk about how, one, how did they get the baby monitor in the tree? And two, how can... How do they not see them in there with the baby exactly. monitor? Or talking. Not- you would see, like, the little green men moving in there. You wouldn't necessarily see them, like, moving, but yeah. you'd see rustling in there. And fun story, this is the perfect time to bring this up because we're talking about Christmas trees. One year, we used to like to buy real Christmas trees. So one year, when I was about, I'd say about eight or nine, we go and buy a real Christmas tree. We put it in the house, decorating it. A huge grasshopper flies out. It's like, I want to say it was a locust because it was ginormous. It was gross because it was all brown and crusty looking, kind of like in a bug's life. (laughs) Really (laughs) disgusting. And I was just like screaming and running to the back of the house because I I wanted nothing to do with that grasshopper. But I figure (laughs) that if they see these little green men 
rustling around in their tree, I would have freaked out. It would have been, it's another grasshopper. I would have ran. <laughs> <laughs> and these branches, and like the the what what do you call them? The green parts. <laughs> The needles? <laughs> the leaves. Yeah, the needles. Yeah. <laughs> They're not very thick. So, like... They're not. You could easily see just the baby monitor sitting there. Yeah, they got a pretty scraggly tree. So, their tree it's, probably has really huge <laughs> pockets on it. <laughs> These little dudes are right there. Yeah, they can it's see got them. a lot of... It's got a lot of, like, gaps. Yeah. In between... In between the branches. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they would have seen them. For sure. Also, there's a really neat reflection on um, that big red ornament that we see. I guess oh, it's yeah. Sarge or one of the other Green Army men. Mm-hmm. You can see parts parts of the room reflected that we don't actually see in the movie. Yeah. So, like, I they created... They created this whole other half of the room that only gets seen for this brief moment as a reflection in an ornament. Yeah, I know. I did notice that, and I thought that was really cool. I was like, I'm glad that they went into that detail because when you're looking at it two minutes at a time and you're staring at everything, if you would have paused it and just seen the little reflection of the army guy, I would have been like, hey, where's the room? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, according to the audio commentary, animator Ash Brannon, um, he animated the scene with with them in the living room in front of the Christmas tree, and he was getting so frustrated with it that he did like a mock version of it where Andy picks up the tree and like starts hitting mom with it. <laughs> oh my gosh, they should have put that in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that. Me too. That sounds great. I mean, it just sounds so silly. (laughs) Also, in the audio commentary, they talked about how originally there was a Christmas karaoke party scene with a like pop up Christmas book with a tree and buzz singing karaoke Christmas songs, like reading (laughs) off of Mr. Spell. And we kind of get that like a little bit because it seems like. You know, they're all kind of gathered around while Mr. Potato Head has, like, Mr. Mike. And there's some words on um, on Mr. Spell's screen. I think it says, like, a Happy New Year or something like that. And they're all, like, dancing. Yeah. I know. I like seeing them dancing. They're really cute. Woody's dance? This makes me, me laugh. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The way he's just, like shimmying <laughs> i don't and i never really noticed it until like a couple years ago when i was watching this like on disney plus like in 4k for the first time it's not that difficult to notice it's just that he's right, kind of but- like he's kind of in the corner and it goes by really quickly and i and i couldn't remember ever noticing noticing it before and i just like cracked up i had to watch it again <laughs> What are you doing? I know when I first saw it, because of course I didn't notice it as a kid. I was like just paying attention to the whole scene. But I want to say when 
Toy Story 3 came out, I bought the DVDs for one and two and I rewatched it. And that's when I noticed it. I could not stop laughing. <laughs> I was watching it at like one in the morning. So I had to quietly laugh. <laughs> but I was wheezing because I was laughing so much. I also like Rocky's dance. Oh, he's Rocky's just kind of like cute. swinging his arms yes. back and forth really fast. <laughs> and, his, and his head's like going up and down. Yes, they're all really cute. I like looking at them when they're dancing. I do wish we could actually hear the music or like hear Mr. Potato Head sing. I know. And then I think it's funny because they're dancing to a Christmas song. Yeah, but and we can't even like actually hear it. They're just like. They're just shimmying. (laughs) They're just dancing to, as far as we can tell, nothing. Right. I know. (laughs) He's just lip syncing to nothing. (laughs) It's so funny. Well, do you have anything else to say about this clip? Because I think I've said everything. I think so, too. I think I'm good. Um, I gave you all my my locust Christmas story, so (laughs) I think we're good. (laughs) Well, then I guess we can go ahead and wrap it up. Sounds good. We've only got... Two episodes to go after this one. It's exciting. I know. We're we're almost done. I know. I'm proud of us. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow our Facebook and Twitter accounts and send us an email if you have any thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns. And if you enjoy the podcast, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. See you next time. Bye. Bye.